0: everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. Today is Friday, May twenty eighth, And today I am at the Florida Parent Educators Association, but I'm also here with my friend Ryan Bomberger. We're going to continue talking today about critical race theory and Ryan's firm belief that it's a cancer, not a cure. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. it's, it's, it's heartbreaking actually to watch what's happening because this is not the solution to the suffering that we see in, in these communities. You wrote about this. You wrote a book called not equal civil rights gone wrong. And I read it in one sitting on an, on a flight. And it just so encouraged me because you're, you've been very, very bold about what the civil rights movement was supposed to do and what it's doing now. We're actually going backwards. Tell the audience a little bit about your book, not equal, why you wrote it and where, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get more and more people to pick it up and just go, oh, my goodness, I had no idea, because I think we don't understand what's actually going on.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's the civil rights movement, which you know was predicated on biblical principles. Why are we equal? Because we're made in the image of God, which is what Martin Luther King Jr. espoused. He rejected the black supremacist movement in that time. I mean, you had Malcolm X, who represented the Nation of Islam, who was espousing violent means to achieve equality, and MLK rejected that. So, this is nothing new. BLM is just a regurgitation of all the Black supremacy, Black nationalism, and Martin Luther King Jr. refused to. He believed in nonviolence. And we saw how nonviolence beautifully transformed our country. And so, here we are, literally now in 2021 taking the, the exact reverse of what Martin Luther King Jr. espoused in The Dream, for instance, you know, to be, I mean, we are to be concerned with the character, you know, the content of our character rather than the color of our skin. And it's the reversal now that you judge people solely by the color of their skin and don't care a rip about their character. And so the civil rights movement in large part, as I write in my book, Not Equal, Civil Rights Gone Wrong, has become a civil rights industry. And they're on the wrong side on a, of a number of issues. I mean, they're on the wrong side when it comes to abortion. They're on the wrong side when it comes to marriage. They're on the wrong side when it comes to all things LGBTQXYZ. They're on the wrong side because they are no longer foundationally rooted in a biblical worldview. And that's the tragedy. The reason why I wrote this, I, I we did billboards in the... Very conservative San Francisco Bay Area. You've probably been there, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Not so oh, conservative.
0: Yes. Very conservative. Very conservative. Oh my gosh. So we did <laughs> I about thought I should months. buy a house here and put up a little, you know, white picket fence around. It'd be great.
1: Oh yeah. And they would love you. They would welcome you.
0: I know. I yeah, know. not exactly. I can imagine it.
1: But they- <laughs> And that's the only thing you could do because it wouldn't be reality, sadly, um, because there's there's no tolerance for someone who doesn't abide by you know the San Francisco sort of uh, worldview. But we placed sixty billboards there that said Black and Beautiful, Too Many Aborted dot com, and we talked about abortions' disproportionate impact in the Black community, rates five times higher, more aborted than born alive in New York City, the home of Planned Parenthood, and highlighting the resources that are available to those facing unplanned pregnancies, calling men to responsibility, and we were blasted, Planned Parenthood. Denounced us, the ACLU denounced us, which, you know, that basically felt really great. Uh, Liberal politicians. Right. But the NAACP denounced us and called our campaign racist. So the short story is I wrote an article about them, an organization I grew up revering. They called it horribly racist and gave the false impression that Planned Parenthood kills Black babies. So I wrote an article about them, being the factivist that I am. And the article was entitled The National Association for the Abortion of Colored People. NAACP. Yeah, they didn't like it. They sued me. They sued the Radiance Foundation. And from that insane, surreal court case, two years in federal court over free speech and honest speech, we lost at the first federal level. Then we had to appeal, and we won on appeal, and it was insane. But two years in federal court, and we defeated the NAACP. And that's really what inspired writing this, because I thought, how are these civil rights groups not on our side? fighting for the most disenfranchised, fighting for the most vulnerable among us, the most marginalized among us. And that's why I had to write this book, to really expose that and to really just encourage people that, you know, one of the things I say about courage is that we feel oftentimes we have to have a big crowd around us. Well, courage doesn't need a crowd. It just needs conviction. And so that's, that's really the, the motivation for writing this book.
0: Mm. Well, and it's a powerful statement coming from someone who has your life experience. You know, the, the sad truth of the matter is that you see abortionists telling men, you can't talk about abortion because you're not a woman. Well, that's garbage. You know, you can't, you know, they tell me I can't talk about racism because I'm not black. But the truth is, I mean, it's wrong that they're saying that. But the truth is, as a woman, I will have a greater platform on the issue of abortion, because the women can look at me and say, okay, you know, I might not like her. And she's saying the thing I don't like to hear, but okay, okay, she has a uterus. So I'll listen to her. And actually, and it's silly, but it's true, right? And the same thing is true about you. But by virtue of the fact that you have darker skin than I do, you have a platform to talk more about racism in the culture right now, and people will listen. And I feel like, wow, you know, if if more of us could just stand in solidarity together, what you and Bethany are doing at the Radiance Foundation, I love what you're doing with your billboards. Can you come here, please, to Vancouver and Portland? Because we need we need some, dude. We're dying over here. <laughs> We're dying over here, Ryan. Come on.
1: We need to break through. I, we actually we should do some ad campaigns. We're actually getting ready to launch a. a a new ad campaign called "One Human Race." We want to actually take on this issue, critical race theory, and the supposed anti-racism that is spreading—you know—it's malignancy all across the country. So, who knows? We might it have is a-, a
0: cancer. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is a cancer. Hey, man, I could tell you with absolute certainty the intersections that you should put those at. <laughs> I'm serious. True. This yeah, is how we true.
1: circumvent mainstream media. Mainstream media doesn't want to tell us the truth about these issues. They want to keep promoting and coloring the narrative so that they keep dividing us. Well, we need to put messaging out there that says, look, one, Acts Seventeen Twenty Six. just that's the principle. God created us from one color. Um, I mean, from one blood. From one blood, he created us all. Yes, we're all different colors. It's not a call to be colorblind, by the way. God is a very colorful God, but He didn't create color for us to separate ourselves by it. So we're not promoting be colorblind, but we're saying be colorful, but don't pretend that you know somebody simply by the hue of their the beautiful hue of their skin.
0: Mm, that's so so might, powerful.
1: We'll have to come to Vancouver.
0: You know, we've been talking about this for a long time. I'm going to be out in your neck of the woods here pretty quick. So, you know, if at some point I'm going to start racking up points and say, this is how many times I come to see you. And this is how many times you came to see me. And there's going to be some sort of, I don't know, it's going to be a thing like this little competition, but I love, I love what you're doing. Can you speak really quickly to the issue of churches who, in the name of being woke, have embraced either critical race theory in their churches or they've embraced Black Lives Matter or they're talking more about social justice than biblical justice. And there are a lot of people listening to this right now who they're starting to like, man, I don't know that my church might be doing that. Two, so two questions. How can you tell if your church is on the woke train? And what is, what would you say to the person who's saying right now, okay, I'm going to a church that's focused more on social justice than on the gospel?
1: Well, one first and foremost, the best way to break through is to pray. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor's wife. Pray for the pastoral team, um, because they also need their eyes awakened. They also need to be encouraged to be courageous, because it's so easy to take the position where you you are appearing that you're being empathetic, and I know that's the heart of a lot of of these individuals, a lot of these leaders. But you see, the whole thing about you know being a factivist is that you bring context and clarity to an issue because when you have context and clarity, then you can truly be compassionate because it's not compassionate to affirm somebody's brokenness. You affirm the broken, but not the brokenness. So I really encourage people to, I mean, some of these things, once you start doing even just a, a preliminary, just review a little study of, of critical race theory. And there's, there are lots of great people out there. Neil Shenvi, S H E N V I is probably a great place to begin to just learn some of the basics. Then you'll recognize, you'll recognize the vocabulary. And then you'll realize you're hearing this everywhere. And one of the, the resources that I would really encourage people to to check out is, and I love them, Vodibakum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fault lines.
1: Yes, fault lines, please get it. Download it on on you know digital sources. He has spoken to the issue of Black Lives Matter. He has spoken to the issue of race and what he calls ethno-gnosticism. He is brilliant. And we have to be able to hear from a biblically-rooted worldview in order to understand that, wait, this is not rooted in a biblical worldview. And don't be afraid. I mean, heaven, we watch all kinds of nonsense on YouTube take 20 extra minutes. Stop watching the cat videos. Stop watching the, who knows, you know, dude perfect or whatever it is that you're watching, HGTV. Just take a moment and just fill your mind with light so that you can identify that darkness. Ephesians 5.11 says, have nothing to do with the wicked deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. We can't expose them if we can't even recognize them for what they are. So- I'm just encouraging people because there are people breaking through. There are pastors who are breaking through, but sometimes pastors who are just as human as we are need someone to help lead them toward that light.
0: Mm-hmm. I think what part of it too is that we've sacrificed truth on the altar of a misguided mercy. And so the the heart is right. I think you're, you know, you're right in saying that the heart is right. Like what they're trying to say is absolutely no to racism and the net result of this misguided mercy is actually encouraging racism it's not bringing hope and healing to it when i hear people talk about the social justice gospel i think man anytime you got to put something in front of the gospel something's wrong because the natural outgrowth of the gospel is justice yeah and so going to these pastors and saying listen i love you bro but this isn't we're we're going down the wrong road right now
1: right And that's the whole thing. Part of They they often invoke Romans 12, that that whole chapter where it talks about, you know, you mourn with those who mourn. But they don't go further down where it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And that's what critical race theory is. That's what all these tattered theories are. And so when it's always blame, deceive, and then repeat, if we're repeating the same cycle and never breaking out of it, five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, that's the pattern of this world. Christ and the gospel— that is brought to us through the word of God is what brings us true liberation. And so if you feel like you're having the same conversation that you had 10 years ago, because it's not biblically rooted, well, that's
0: the problem. Hey, you guys. You have probably heard by now that I am running for the United States House of Representatives to represent District 3 in Washington State. And I wanted to let you know that there are a couple ways that you can help us. First of all, follow me on all of my campaign social media platforms. You can find Heidi St. John for Congress at Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram. And of course, sign up to get on the mailing list at Heidi St. John for Congress. We are up against a very big second quarter fundraising deadline right now. And we need you to donate to the campaign. Every little bit helps. And so you guys have heard me say before, it takes a lot of money to run a campaign like this. And there's some very important things coming up. If you go to the website, HeidiStJohnForCongress.com, you can find out exactly how to donate. And I would so appreciate that. Also, you can volunteer. And we need volunteers from all over the country. We need prayer volunteers. And you can sign up to be on our prayer team at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You can complete the volunteer form there and you can join my fight for the soul of America. Again, you guys, that website is com. I have a question from a listener for you and she said that she is 13 years old and she's been watching you on Instagram. So I don't know what you're doing, but she's watching you. And she's asking the question. She said, I'm only 13 years old, but I know that racism is wrong. What can I do? That's a pretty powerful question coming from a 13-year-old listener. Her name's Rayanne, by the way. So hey, Rayanne, thanks for your question.
1: Well, one of the things, that we, the most important thing that we can do, John 13, 34, we must love one another. And in that loving one another, we have to realize that when I love you, I'm not gonna withhold the truth from you. When I love you, I'm going to share that truth with you in love, and as far as I'm concerned, a little bit of sarcasm doesn't, doesn't hurt either, but we, we, we share that, that love, but we cannot be, we we cannot allow ourselves to be silent thinking that's that's love because what people often do is they confuse capitulation for compassion so compassion is is acknowledging that someone is feeling the pain yes but it doesn't mean you have to affirm that pain because sometimes being willing to have a conversation with somebody or just asking questions at 13 years old it's kind of hard because you know you're still learning a lot of things but be willing to listen, but also be willing to ask questions. And the way that we're able to ask questions as a teenager, or whether you're 30 years old or 50 years old, is that we're doing the work ourselves to educate ourselves, to inform ourselves. So then we know the questions to ask. And that we're asking in a way that we're not condemning the other person. We can condemn an ideology that's different, but we don't have to condemn the person.
0: So where's the starting point? Like when I think the question where's a starting point? Like, what's a good question to ask? Because you're right, you know, if we can engage in conversation, you know, where we're not lobbying ideological bombs at each other over Facebook, but we're having this conversation, I think a lot of these kids, including Rayanne, is saying, I, I want to, but I don't know where to start. So so when we ask questions, what's a great opener? If you're gonna talk to somebody about this or they've got their Black Lives Matter hat on, let's say she's going to school with a kid who has that hat, And she wants to engage in conversation. Where's a good place for her to start?
1: Well, since none of it's easy and all of it can generate a heavy reaction because you're talking about race to begin with, I mean, just say, you know, you're right. Black lives matter. Don't you think they they matter in and out of the womb before they're born and after they're born? Maybe that's a way to start that conversation. Or, you know, I believe black lives matter. And I'm so glad that throughout American history, you know white people and black people and brown people we've all worked together to fight for justice and that's the way it always should be i mean we wouldn't have even had the civil rights movement if there wasn't white brothers and sisters and black brothers and sisters walking literally walking hand in hand look at selma uh, so those are those are some ways i think that you can enter into a conversation um, because when it comes to 13 you know even as a college age student you know you're going to have a lot of people who are not going to be very very informed, but they are going to be very defensive. No matter what they know, they're going to be very defensive. So maybe going into it, asking a question that really I think pushes that person to think about that. Well, of course, you know, do all Black lives matter? Do some, or you know, you could say, which Black lives matter? Do do some of them matter, or do all of them matter? Well, all of them matter. Yeah, and the ones that that are unborn, they matter too, right? And the mothers that they matter. So maybe that that's a way that they can. Enter in. I don't think there's enough. There, heaven knows there's tons of stuff out there, the whole anti-racist nonsense. There are many, many books out there pumping out this, these narratives and this propaganda to people of all ages. But there really isn't enough to equip teenagers, young teenagers, to know how to think about these things. And that's why you know there are some resources, thank goodness for PragerU, that keeps getting shut down by so many different social media sites. We have a resource too. If you go to radiance.life slash one human race, that's a resource too. There's some articles, there's some videos, some of our podcasts, but there's some content there to help even young teenagers think through some of these things. I'm so glad I'm not 13 years old today.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my I, gosh. I was just thinking, I'm talking to you and this kind of pops into my head because I'm kind of an idea factory, but I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if you had just even on a PDF on your site that was just conversation starters. A friend of mine the other day said she's doing something new here in my neck of the woods and she's opening up her home every other Saturday in the afternoon and she's serving, I don't know, snacks or something, but she's calling it conservative conversations with liberal friends. And so she's inviting people. If you want to have a conversation, come on over, you can get yourself a Diet Coke and we're going to sit down and we're going to, and the idea is to open up the conversation. And she has a list of topics that we can talk about. And here's some conversation intros. I wonder what would happen if we started doing that around the country, actually having, you know, engaging in these conversations rather than Black Lives Matter or Antifa in Portland, you know, burning down the city and, you know, lighting everything on fire. I feel like if we could just sit down and talk to each other, we might be able to to move the needle a little bit. Well,
1: yeah. And that's why in the book of James, it talks about how the tongue has the power to speak life or death. And when we're seeing these clashes, that's death. (laughs) And what we need is we we need more of these conversations. Of course, we need conversations with with those who also understand the, the, the context so we can help lead some of those conversations. But you'll find, one, that there's a lot that we agree on. We could be on polar opposite sides when it comes to politics. But when we start talking, we realize, wait a minute, I actually think what you think. Now, there could be instances where there's still that wide divide, but can we connect as human beings? Before social media, I didn't even care. I mean, I didn't know the political affiliations of the majority of my friends. And I I worked in the ad agency world. So many of them are very, and are very, very liberal. But I want to have that conversation. I want to hear from their experience. And now don't get confused, though, too, because when we say experience, people think, you know, this is my truth and that's your truth. No, no, no. There's just the truth. There's just the truth. We have different experiences, and our hope is, especially as Christians, that our experiences lead us to the truth. But we, if we have conversations, we get to hear more about others' experiences, and we get to help influence their, their worldview. So we need to talk more.
0: Well, and that's the key word is influence. You're looking to influence. I mean, that's what you guys are doing. That's what Radiance is doing. Uh, Really quickly, we've got about a minute and a half left. Tell me about Pro-Life Kids. We've talked, you know, you and Bethany on the show with me before. It's right behind you. So you got to pick it up and show everybody because this is a great book.
1: My, My wife is my, she's my favorite author, Bethany Bomberger. And she's written this book in response to a lot of parents that she would talk to who didn't want to take their kids to March for Life teenagers. And she thought, they should already know a, a pro-life worldview. So she created this book with these incredible illustrations. Oh my goodness. I mean, let me just, this says, it doesn't matter your size or your age. You have equal value, whatever the stage. Our ch- We need to we need to teach our children before a broken world reaches them. The rest of the world is screaming a lie. And this is the only resource that we know of. And it's hard cover. It's, and we also have a coloring book too. I don't have that right here, but it's it's really amazing. It uses rhyme. My wife was a teacher, but we have to be able to break through To our young children, because the the world is trying to pour into them so much confusion about their core identity, how they're created in the image of God. They're created fearfully and wonderfully, whether they're planned, unplanned, able, disabled. And this is part of what you can go to ProLifeKids.com and check out that book. But we really have to be on the forefront of teaching our children so they're equipped. So we're not trying so hard when they're adults. To rearrange some broken thinking, or as what do people say, the stinking thinking? We don't have to do so much work to do that reprogramming to influence them if they've already had that solid biblical pro life worldview in the first place.
0: Yeah, it's, t- it's so important. Never been more important than it is right now. That's the most fundamental of all the rights that we've been given by God. The first one is the right to life. And I love that you guys are defending it so beautifully. And speaking, Ryan, for so many people, you are just an encouragement and an inspiration. And I, am, I feel honored to be your friend.
1: We feel the same way. Beth and I, lots of love <laughs> to you guys. I'm serious. It's so encouraging to us. You inspire us. It's a reciprocal thing. I'm telling you.
0: Thank you. Well, I love that you guys are out on the front lines of this. And I'll link back to your article again to a critical race theory talking about how it's a cancer, not a cure, and to the books that you guys have written. If people want to find you online, where's the best place to do it?
1: Well, for now, (laughs) the easiest place is our website, radiance.life. But we're still currently on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just look up radios, I'm on there finish.
0: like every other week when I get out of jail. I I'm on for like, you know, twenty minutes and I'm back in jail.
1: Oh my word, you're a social media convict.
0: I am. It's crazy. I saw I actually gotta tell you though, um, did you see Governor DeSantis just passed a law in Florida banning the big tech companies from doing that inside of the state of Florida?
1: Yeah. And and more governors are you're gonna see more action like that since the failure Hallelujah. on the federal level. Yes. That's the kind of that's a kind of, of elected leader that I like to see. He's not waiting for somebody else.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Ryan Bomberger, it's been an absolute delight to have you. Thanks for coming on the show today. For more information on Ryan and Bethany Bomberger, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down to the show notes and I will link back to the Radiance Foundation and the work that they are doing, including the books that they have written. So check it out. Again, that's HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down to the show notes and those links will be available. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I hope I see you this weekend in Florida at the FPEA conference. Come on out. Say hello and let's encourage each other. And I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.